be transformed. Turn into a better version of yourself, the highest version of yourself. You could be so much stronger than this. You could be better than you are today. You could be the highest version you've never reached. I want you to look in the mirror and challenge that man in the mirror because you can lie to everybody in the world, but you can't lie to that mirror. You are now tuned in to the Decisive Point Podcast, where influence meets intellect, the keys to unlocking your full potential. Here's your host, Jeffrey Delgado. Okay, good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. Excited for today's episode. I have a special guest that I wanted to introduce. Great friend of mine, almost I consider him more like family. He has an, an amazing background that I think all of you would be intrigued to hear about. His full name, Michael Dondi Reyes. Is that right? That's right. Michael Dondi. And the Dondi, what is that from? Oh, it's a long story, but I keep it short. That was my nickname because my dad was in Vietnam when I was born, so I was Don Jr. You're Don right? Jr. So Your dad's I, name was Don? Don Sr. Don, gotcha. So Dondi was, I guess, considered Don Jr. in the Philippines. Gotcha. So his, so I could call you Dondi. It's all good. All day long. Okay. So Michael Dondi Reyes, we just call him Dondi. So I just want to hear a little bit about where you're from, you know, what you're doing. Well, what I'm doing now is I'm running a large business, an agency out of Millbrae, California, also spanning outwards towards Monterey and Las Vegas. Okay. So you're building a business. Building a business. It's mm-hmm. an insurance agency, but we're also leaning more towards the financial sector. So you're running a financial services business, a full financial services business. A full business. financial okay. services business, correct. And you're from the military. You were in the service. Is I, that right? Yes. I did 16 years overall. I did 12 overall years as a United States Marine. Wow. And within those years, there was two years as an Army drill sergeant. So you're in the Marines and the Army? I was, yeah. So you quit? You have to quit Marines? How does that work? It was after my first enlistment ended. I had the choice to re-enlist. So I re-enlisted in the, into the Army. And mm. after 9-11 happened, I said, I got to go back. My boys are headed Makes overseas. Sense. Oh, that's great. So I got out of the Army and re-enlisted into the Marine Corps. And that was 16 years of your life, right? 16 years. That's crazy. You're only, what, 16 years old? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go start with this. What was a defining moment in your life? What was an area of your life that you feel was a decisive point of your life? A decisive point in my life, I will tell you, was when I went into the military, right? Because that's where you see all different walks of life come at you all at once. Wow. Right? And where do you sit within that spectrum? I would tell you that it's really defining knowing that you're all the same in in essence, Mm. right? In the Marine Corps, everyone bleeds. We all bleed the same color. But we're all green in terms of our so-called Marine Corps ethnicity. Everybody bleeds red. But our ethnicity is green, right? So it's it's explain that to me. What does so that mean? like in that spectrum, I'm co- I'm considered a green. If it was a Caucasian, he would be a light green. If it was an African American, he would be in a dark green. Hey, go talk to that dark green marine over there. I see. Right? So it's, everybody's a different shade of green. A different, yeah, the fifty shades of green. <laughs> there, it's actually a thing that they do. That it is. Yeah. It is. Wow. So yeah. they say uh, everybody bleeds green depending on what shade you're in. You're all green. Though. We're all we're all green. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that was a defining moment joining the service. It was because one. We were stripped down of our identity, basically, of whatever you knew of yourself, in essence. And I thought that was highly valuable because all these preconceived notions and built-up notions that you developed over the years, Mm. you didn't really have anything to build on, I would say. It was more like you started off with a blank slate. In my life, that I performed better when I had a blank slate. If I didn't know who my opponent was on the basketball court, it could be Michael Jordan for that matter and I just knew that my abilities were my abilities, and I owned them, then I would 
perform at a peak level. But if I had a preconceived notion that that's Michael Jordan, oh man, he might get in your head. Me right here. He'll get in your head. Gotcha. And I will say that the the value that I gained from the Marine Corps was it didn't matter who was on the other side of that field. I had myself. I knew my capabilities. And it was 100% head on. Let's go. So that was a huge impact on your it life. It was. And that, that actually transpired into every aspect of my life. Being a family man, as a dad, football coach, corporate USA executive. Anywhere I went, I looked at the field, the lay of the land in that same aspect. You went from the military. Did they train you to be completely different? So when you got out of the military, were you completely different than when you came in? Uh, yes, I was com- completely different. I won't say completely different, but the mindset was more reinforced in terms of what I believed in and not letting my past own me. The way I was brought up, I would say that I had to always find forgiveness because if I couldn't forgive, those elements in my life that I couldn't forgive would just own me. And what the military taught me was to to forgive and have patience because you needed it. In the Marine Corps, one thing that they would do is tell us, like, they don't care what you do, you just got to get it done. And we would do it. I learned that it taught me that it I could work with practically anybody. It taught me patience taught me understanding and compassion, taught me how to be tolerant in a good way, not let the frustration or the any outlying factor, be it racism or be it uh, sexual orientation or anything like that, affect me. I feel the military gave me a, a blank slate, like I said, and also gave me kind of a black and white perspective so that I could at least focus on my goal. And then after I was aligned with that goal, I could I could then deal with some of the details that were being an issue the military was my way to pay for college. The military, oh, yeah. and then you went to corporate America. Yeah, it so. paid for my college, which I was super thankful for. I mean, I, we put in the hard work, got the GI Bill, et cetera, graduated college, went to corporate USA. Started off wanting to be an engineer of some sort, so I went to structural engineering, huh. went into architecture, worked on my architect license, didn't finish it, but then I had an opportunity to become a construction manager. But when everything came, when I came back from the Marine Corps, did college, and I did Corporate USA, a former football coach colleague of mine called me up one day and says, hey, would you mind sitting down with me? So we did, sat down. I entered that field, and it's, it's been wonderful ever since. So you went from Corporate America and then went into your own? Is that yeah, kind of what you're saying? Yeah, it was flexibility of time. I see. So uh, what you know about me, Jeff, my, my youngest daughter is a highly competitive cheerleader at an international level, and she's part of That's one of awesome. the best gyms in the world. That's amazing. And it's nuts. It's crazy. And so the demand, and plus I was coaching. I coached my son nine years in football. We traveled all over. You are busy, man. Busy, busy. Say. So, <laughs> and how many kids do you have? Five. Five kids. Right? And they're all, they're wow. all busy. So we, we ended up traveling, wow. traveling the country with both of the youngest ones. And so it was crazy. And I didn't even mention, at the same time, I was a touring reggae musician. My goodness. Like, wasn't that crazy? I mean, I'm telling you, the demands of Corporate USA and the demands of just being there for your family would conflict day in, day out. Sure. So when my friend approached me about financial services and life insurance, I was quick to take him up on that. I said, I can do that. I'll go back to the mindset of, a, of what I learned in the Marine Corps. Did it matter what was in front of me? Could, it could have been... Garbage pickup. It could have been anything. <laughs> exactly. But the fact that it would give me something to give more time to my kids, my wife, my family, of course. Right. It didn't matter what was in front of me, that clean slate thought I was telling you about. Sure. Or mentality. And that worked out really well. And here we are today. We have a successful agency and working with some amazing folks like yourself, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a blessing. I appreciate in our life that. Altogether. Out of all you've been through, 
and all the ups and downs of going through the military, the discipline it would require for that, starting into your own business. What are some tips that you would give people out there? Life isn't always perfect. There had to be some struggles, and I think everybody has to go through testing their life in order to have a great testimony. And were there any struggles that you had to go through in life that really shaped you? You can control what you're aware of. When we hear this in multiple podcasts, multiple leadership books and everything, but I love the saying that you can control what you are aware of, but don't let what you're unaware of control you. Mm-hmm. Because nice. I find that with this world, with social media, with the, what do you call it, the cancel culture, all this stuff going on, there's so many different things coming at you, especially sure. as a young person. Absolutely. What do you do? How do you, how do you be compliant with society? How are you PC? <laughs> because you could fall off the fence in a heartbeat. What can you control? Interesting. You know, you go through your whole life being told what to do. I went into the Marine Corps, 16 years of military service, being told what to do. And then from there, you go to college, you're being told what to do. And then you're going to corporate USA and you're being told what to do. Mm. And even though you're telling people what to do, you're being told what to do. <laughs> exactly. Right. And when it came to a point where there where corporate USA was making me decide between my family and my job, that's where I drew the line. I said, how do I get control of that? What do I do? Things happen for you. There is a way for me to have happiness and some control. But not without the challenges, as we know, as business owners, as an entrepreneur of any level, there's sacrifice, there's a, there's a learning curve. But again, does it matter who's in front of you or what's in front of you? If, no. if your goal or your dream or your why is that big, mm-hmm. not at all. Nothing. What defines happiness to you? My family. Your family. Right. Seeing your, your family accomplish. Gotcha. Right. When you see your, I, I, I see it in my, my family. My, my uncles and my aunts, when their their daughter or their son is at the wedding, is at the altar getting married, and you see the happiness, and you see that they accomplished, you know, raising their child and giving them a home, giving them protection, giving them direction right. in this crazy world that we have, that's what makes me happy, knowing that one of these days I'll be walking my daughter up the, the aisle. Nice. That kind of stuff. Right. Do you ever feel this way? This is something that I always think about. When you're growing up and you get into you know certain times of your life, you're always thinking about how your future is going to be. Maybe your purpose was to have children that turn into something big. Yeah. That your entire purpose in life may not have been all the goals and dreams that you're thinking necessarily, but it may have been because you're the parent of a child who's going to be something special in the future. Yes, I do. You ever think that Absolutely. way? Absolutely. Yeah. It puts you in a place of thinking, well, maybe it's not me. Maybe I'm just a vessel mm-hmm. to help my child get to where they need to go. Because, you know, being a father, I think that way all the time. But you would agree? I completely agree. <laughs> and I think... It's an interesting way to look at life, right? Yeah. And, I, I, and I think you take that to another level when you have a, your own business. Because you look at these, your colleagues that you work with day in, day out. Right. And how you affect them in such a way, too. But true, it's and not it may all be, about... And maybe you're working for them versus mm-hmm. working for yourself. In Entirely. A yes, it's more self-sacrificing than it is of you trying to accumulate. It's more helping everybody else. Correct. Would you feel that's kind of your way of living your life, not only because of the military, but then that's kind of how you've always been to kind of serve and to help. And, you know, when you look at it from a military perspective, I always admire people in the military because they're fighting a battle that I'm not fighting. 
And is that kind of how you are in life, in business, in, in your life, career? Yes, entirely. Because it's that serving nature, the serving aspect gotcha. of a person that is, for me, is so fulfilling to see the successes of my unit. When we did great things as a team, mm-hmm. seeing the successes of my children or seeing the successes of our agents and colleagues. Yes. When you see them change their lives in the most amazing of ways, small or large, that's fulfilling. You know, it's interesting when you you go online today and you see, you, you seem like a guy who's pretty straight up. You've obviously been brought up in a way, uh, being humble. You could tell in the way you communicate. You're not trying to brag about anything, boast about what you do. You're very humble. I respect that. What is your take on social media today? I know it's a necessary thing that everybody's doing. I know companies are advertising in front of us every single day. But what is your take on social media and what it means to the world? I mean, what do you feel about it? It's crazy. It's like they're constantly flexing. (laughs) (laughs) And what's what's really amazing, too, is that I, I... you and I both know some of these folks, mm-hmm. and the content that they push doesn't always reflect what they're living. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, so, <laughs> so it works well with us older generation. Not that we're old. Yes. I'm just saying yeah, is that I we've been it. around the block a few times, and we say, you know what? We understand. It's yes. okay to flex that way. It's all right. For our youth, our younger generation, I feel if, we, if they're not taught properly, or educated properly, let me put it that way, mm-hmm. they might see it that that's just the perfect life to have. Right, right, right. right. I just love the fact that there's folks like you and myself and those that we work with day in, day out, that can really extrapolate things for our younger folks and let them know that, hey, it's okay to be you. <laughs> yes. It's perfectly fine to be you. You yes. are actually normal. Right. Because you worry what they're going through every single day, feeling that they're not enough or the feeling of insecurity, that they're not keeping up with their own. You know, in our days, we call it keeping up with the Joneses. Right. Right. But if you really think about it, you go back to like our parents' generation. They didn't have to compare themselves to anybody because they didn't see anybody. They didn't. Right. If you're born in this, you know, let's say you're born in the 50s and the 60s. Like my parents were born. My dad was born in 39, I believe. And God rest his soul, him and my mom. But when they were married, they didn't post photos. They didn't have anywhere to show off where they went to vacation or if they had a happy marriage because no one knew where they were. Right. <laughs> no one knew they were on vacation. <laughs> You'd had to call your friends. I'll be on vacation. I'm not answering my, my home phone because we didn't even have cell phones to track anybody. Do you remember the days when you had to know if someone was going to be home to call them? You did. Right. It wasn't like it is now. So I look at the certain generations that they don't need to, especially our generation being a generation X. We may not need that same type of fulfillment because we were kind of brought up without it. I always talk about that in podcasts all the time, that we may not have needed it. But the new generation, they were brought up right in the middle of this. So do you feel that because they were born in it, that there's a need for someone to help balance that for them because because this is maybe all they see? Yeah, their reality is different than ours. <laughs> yes, no right? question. That's right. Uh, we were laughing in the car the other day when I said... Do you remember the day when we used to just high beam from the back and that meant, hey, we need to pull over and use the restroom to the car in front of us, right? <laughs> well, my kids will, were like, well, we just have to just call now. I said, yeah. So your reality is different from our reality. No question. I think it all starts at home, Jeff. Mm. If there's no one there or something there not to tell them otherwise that it's okay to be you, I think the bar is held too high sometimes that it creates a dilemma that can be devastating yes. for a young person to 
try to live to. I feel the same way. I think there's a dangerous line on social media to me. I'm speaking for myself that to try to keep up with what people are posting out there, you could always feel insignificant, like you're just not enough. But to just clarify your your answer of happiness to Dondi Reyes. His family. His family. The the family unit. Yeah, I think it's it's a very accomplished feeling. You get to that level where you're communicating well with your kids. You know, I'm not saying my life is perfect. My sure. my children and I have the challenges that I think any normal family would. <laughs> but like to your point, fulfillment, that's the secret sauce in life for me is my family actually being cohesive, unified. And, you know, as a parent, we just have to accept their individualism and their de- and their desire to accomplish on their own. Sure. But back to my point about where it starts at home, and my kids are talking about, Dad, I'm starting a T-shirt company. <laughs> the other one's going, Dad, I'm ordering from another company somewhere <laughs> overseas, and they're going to send me a bunch of stuff, and I'm, I need your help. We're going to do this. It starts at home, and having that type of conversation is much better, for at least for me, rather than having the conversation of, hey, Dad, when's the next time we're going to have a party? You know, I enjoyed having that drink with you. Mm, or Yeah. You know, I just love the, the conversations that we have with our kids. What is your feeling about your kids being entrepreneurs? Do you recommend them? You know, you obviously followed the path that um, I would always call what parents really would want, you know, go to school, get your degree, and then get a, you know, join the military mm-hmm. with you and then get into corporate America. And then you became an entrepreneur. Did you become an entrepreneur? You mentioned because of time. You mentioned it because of just freedom in general. Would you recommend to your kids today to go that route of going to get your degree, go to school, that route? Or would you say they could become entrepreneurs now and just do what they love to do? They can be entrepreneurs now. They can be entrepreneurs now. Buy their first house house by the time they're 19 or 18 years old. Right. Or or not necessarily go into debt, but build, (laughs) build wealth. At an early age, at the same time, I think as parents, we we battle with our culture, sure. cultural beliefs. And sure. number two, we also want them to have a degree of of education so they can speak at a high level. Because right. I, not to say that it requires it always that it doesn't that it requires it at the entrepreneur level. But at the same time, my hope is that they can speak to certain points and topics in society, government that. Social skills. Totally, completely. And I remember in college, my professor told me the smartest person in the room is not necessarily the person with the highest degree or education level. It's the person who's most informed. (laughs) Interesting. I love that. Right. So (laughs) I like my kids to be informed. I I love it when our colleagues, our team of wonderful folks are well-informed so they they can mentor and educate the masses. Right? And I feel if we can empower our children that way, we can change the way debt and finances are looked at in the coming centuries. Last question, and I really appreciate your taking this time of your life and your data. Really, well, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate is, it. Yes, to really help and to make a difference in the world. You know, we can only do our part that we can to communicate with the world. And this is a platform that we can at least help do that. So the only question I would ask is if there was any advice that you would give, you know, a young aspiring person out there listening today, let's say you got someone listening. We're fortunate to have people listening all over the country and all over the world now. You know, as you close, we close today's conversation. What would be some advice that you would give someone that could really help them in their life? Believe in yourself. 
practice your craft, and commit. I like the saying, don't be the squirrel in the middle of the road. Either go one direction or the other, but don't stay in the middle of the road because you're going to get flattened. Oh, I like that. Well, Dondi, thank you so much for being a part of uh, today's podcast. We look forward to seeing you again, man. And good. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, show your support by subscribing or leaving a rating and a review. Until next time, this is the Decisive Point Podcast with your host, Jeffrey Delgado.